0: Yeah, yeah. Car Session Sports Report. I'm a little late for those viewing live, but I'm here. You know, I'm glad to be back. For those who watched last week's episode, that was my most viewed episode to date. So much appreciation for that. As always, do remember to share this out with your people. Share it, share it, share it, like it, share it, spread the word car sessions is giving you the sports like nobody else is giving you the sports right now to be totally honest with you. But um, let's not waste any time. I'm not going to keep you over 39 minutes or something crazy like that like I've been doing recently. I'm going to be in and out. Um, The optometrist held me up. <laughs> Yo, I, I was a little annoyed by that. I was trying to get here sooner but, the, but the, I had to go to the optometrist to get my contacts right and I couldn't. But um, a lot of talk right now in the NBA about Kevin Durant being out at least four weeks, sprained MCL. He's going to get reevaluated. Then they're going to see where he's going to be at in terms of ability to get on the court, practice, so on and so forth. i am seen a lot of talk. Charles Barkley saying that without Kevin Durant, they're dead. Most sports fans are saying that they probably won't get out of the West without Kevin Durant. You know. A, a lot of people are being very disrespectful, essentially saying that the Warriors without Kevin Durant are awfully regular. And I gotta be totally honest with you, I what I'm noticing right now is is the blatant is the blatant disrespect that I'm seeing right now when it comes to that boy two time MVP Steph Curry. So now. Without Kevin Durant, who just joined the squad, the, the Warriors are chopped liver now. That's, that's what it is. Chopped liver for the Warriors. They they, they can't play. They can't perform. All of a sudden, woe is me. kd been here. What is it? Nine months since he signed? So now he's the heart and soul of the roster? I, I can't get with that. I can't get with that program. Am I saying that they're going to come out of the West? I don't know. The Spurs are no joke. You can't you can't flick at the D'Antoni and Harden led Rockets. The Clippers are lurking. They're healthy, so you can't completely put them in the finals without KD. But from my perspective, you can't just write them off either. I got it. I need a little coffee. You can't just write them off because KD's hurt. Steph Curry's still on the floor. They would have won the last two games that they lost prior to the Knicks' win if his shot wasn't broken. Steph goes through these slumps every year. There's always a point in the season where Steph's shot breaks, and he, he has to figure it out. He has to shoot his way out of that slump, and he gets right once again. You know, we saw it in the third quarter yesterday against the Knicks. His shot got right, and when Steph got going, as much as KD might be more talented, it's obvious he's more talented. When Steph gets going, the Warriors... Or a totally different team. The Warriors have gotten problems with the Cavaliers the past two years because Steph hasn't gotten going the way he's supposed to. And they don't feed; they didn't have that energy to feed off of. You know, we saw it in Game Five of the 15 Finals how he cooked up Delhi, which led to the championship. And last year, playing on one knee, he could never get loose. So, to me, as long as you have Steph Curry on the floor and you have uh, Clay Thompson on the floor, and you have Draymond Green. The pieces around them will figure it out. I saw a little nuance yesterday where they had a little isolation post ups for David West. That is a weapon that they have not had. And I've been saying to y'all since the summer the pickups of guys like Pachulia, guys like yes, JaVel McGee, and guys like David West make this team a totally different team. It's, it's different layers to their game that, that make you have to account for a whole new set of rules when it comes to the Warriors. So now, if you have a David West posting up, you can't just allow him to isolate and, and post you to death. You might have to send one and a half. And if you send just one and a half, you leaving that one millisecond for a Clay and a Steph to get off. Draymond Green creating that one four, that one four pick and roll with Draymond Green and Steph is still the most unstoppable play in the league, people. And then you you leave uh, Clay in the corner for the three. Uh, they, they have a couple of young guys who can play. You still have Sean Livingston. You still have RJ Iguodala. I think the Matt Barnes pickup is going to make you good to pick up all the toughness that they're bringing. It's going to make them deal with Cleveland in a different way. And they, did, they had a lot of finesse guys who could play the game at a high level, but they didn't have physicality. But when Cleveland decided to mug the game up, And slog the game Throw some elbows Talk crazy Didn't have anybody To return fire Besides Draymond Now you got about Three certified crazy people On your team And I like these pickups So I'm not gonna Write them off I had a conversation With one of my Fellow sports brethren William Martin And you know He's he's all about the Spurs and, And you know I respect the Spurs I respect I respect what Pop Has done In his career You can't write off what Greg Popovich has done, but the facts are the facts. You could type um, it—William, I'm sorry, I'm coming for you. You could type till your fingers bleed, brother. The fact remains is is that the Spurs have not gotten any more athletic. They have not gotten any more athletic. They still play a game that in the playoffs, when you run up against a team that wants to run and spread the floor— They've gotten bumped out of the playoffs the last two years, and they have not improved in terms of athleticism. Has, has Kawhi Roll expanded? Yes. But you still added Slow Powell, Slow LaMarcus, who's not even to me Spurs quality. You still have a, a bunch of wings. You still got old Manu, old Tony Parker. Who, who are your athletes to deal with the Warriors, deal with the Rockets, you know what I'm saying? It deal with the Clippers who are coming. Where, where are your horses at? So, no offense, William, but I'm sorry. The Spurs don't have the horses. They have a great regular season team. they they one of the most talented teams. But if they're running up against a team that can play and can run, they're in trouble. So you can't write off the Warriors because you still have the two-time league MVP and the best system in the, in the game out in Golden State. You have real professional ball players. Now you have a post threat that you have to be accounting for. You can't write them off. And another thing to this that disrespect that that I find to be very ironic and comical, like I said, my coffee, excuse me. I find it very ironic and comical that um Kevin Durant has the same exact injury that um what's-his-name, Steph Curry had in the playoffs last year. And there was a lot of you people, and some of y'all know who I'm talking to because I had conversations with y'all. Oh, if you go, if, if you get on the court, you can play. If you get on the court, you can play. Knowing damn well that the only reason Steph was on the floor was because it was playoffs and they was trying to make history. What you call it? I keep saying what you call it. You, need, that's you see I'm a little tired, so I got the coffee over there. Kevin Durant, Has a grade 2 MCL sprain And he's out Four weeks or more Steph Curry had a grade 3 MCL sprain And came back in two weeks So if y'all wanna keep talking this hot garbage About how hurt Steph wasn't The proof is in the pudding He had a worse injury than Kevin Durant Who's not playing And he played on it Y'all gotta stop disrespecting Steph Curry The proof is in the pudding He's hurt last year. He could not move. He could barely get off the ground. He gutted it out for the purpose of history. All of you writing off the Warriors to me is with a line of disrespect because Steph Curry does not fit the mold of the NBA superstar that people are accustomed to. He's a jump shooter who's kind of frail and, and, and his handle is not the prettiest, like, like a Kyrie. His game is unorthodox. That's it. Long story short, it's unorthodox. You can't get with it. You don't want to get with it. You refuse to believe what you see. So instead of putting respect on something being different, you're it. And now KD's hurt, and you're disrespecting them again. It wouldn't surprise me if Saturday the Warriors go to San Antonio and win because he decided to beat Steph Curry once again. And then what are you going to say? Oh, well, the Spurs, you know, they don't go home for the regular season. They don't manage the regular season. We're going to see you in the playoffs. All right can't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Respect that little shrimp out in Golden State because he's the best shooter ever, ever. And he's going to shoot them into the playoffs until KD gets right, and then they'll become a slaughter squad with with a little more toughness toughness all over again. That's all. Put a little respect on Steph. That's all I'm asking for, two-time MVP. Stop disrespecting that man. Another topic that's been really, you know, I got my chair. You See, I'm starting to get comfortable. Um, Is this whole conversation about James Harden and Russell Westbrook. As y'all know, the ongoing Russell Westbrook conversation on car sessions, I believe in his talent. He's having a transcendent season. He's putting up a lot of, you know, statistical markers that we haven't seen since the 60s, I believe. What was Oscar Robinson doing that in the 60s? So, on that note, you gotta respect it. Do I think that he's stat chasing to a certain degree? Yes, I've said as much. Do I think that he's Rajon Rondo with I've said as much. In terms of his approach to the, Rondo was doing the same thing Westbrook was doing with less athletic ability, and people killed him for chasing those triple doubles and chasing those. Westbrook is doing it now, and people are making every excuse because Russell Westbrook is everybody's favorite player. But that's besides the point. That's not why we're here today. The the latest pro-Russell Westbrook argument when it comes to this whole debate between him and James Harden for MVP lies in the fact that Russell Westbrook has a weaker roster than James Harden. My kind of argument with that is that their rosters are not that much different, and James Harden's approach to playing the guard position has allowed them to be more successful because he's played a more efficient game than Russell Westbrook. He hasn't dominated the ball as much as Russell Westbrook. He's galvanized teammates in a way that Russell Westbrook has not, which is why their record is better. But I'm going to keep it on the ground level because people are saying that OKC doesn't have the roster that the Rockets had. So you know what I did? I went to Google. Google is my friend. And I pulled up the roster of both of these guys' teams to, to get an idea of who roster is better. Because a lot of people are not even looking at the roster. All they do, most of you lazy sports fans, you look at the record, you watch the ESPN highlights that just showed Russell Westbrook, and deduce that Russell Westbrook doesn't have a team. Then you go, you watch the Rockets highlights, and he, you might show Harden throwing a pass or two to one of his teammates, who, who, and one of them is going for six men of the year. Oh, he has a better squad! Really? How, Sway? How? So, I'm looking at the Houston Rockets. You see how the light just got brighter. I'm looking at the Houston Rockets roster, and I'm trying to understand how much better are they than the Oklahoma City Thunder. You have James Harden, the the, the rightful MVP. Oh, let's talk about Russell Westbrook. It's a little ridiculous to me. You have Eric Gordon, Nene Hilario, Clint, last name is African, I cannot pronounce it, Ryan Anderson, Patrick Beverly, Trevor Ariza, I believe that those guys one two three four five six seven those are their top seven players. You can add Lou Williams to that equation now. make he's part of the top eight in there. And let's say that because D'Antoni is known for shortening his rotation in the playoffs, that might be their top eight right there for the playoffs, right? So let's go over. Let me matter of fact, let me, give me a second. Give me give me a second. I gotta get my sounds right. We go over to the Oklahoma City side of the fence because Russell Westbrook clearly doesn't have as much help as James Harden. Russell Westbrook, number two in the MVP race, number one in some people's eyes. Fair enough. Steven Adams was, was the apple of everybody's eye a year ago, one of the top bigs in the league on the defensive end of the ball, an overall glue guy who does little, all of the dirty work that makes good teams actually good. And he got paid like a good big man on top of that. Victor Oladipo is a good guard. You could argue that Victor Oladipo is just as good as as uh, Eric Gordon his Kenter is in no way a scrub. He's he's one of the better offensive bigs in the game when he actually is allowed to get post touches. How about that, Russell Westbrook? How about you feed the post? Okay, Demontis Sabonis, solid rookie. Nothing to really flick your nose at. These guys they're not they're not part of the rotation. Jeremy Grant can play. R.J. Robinson is one of the best defensive wings in the game. He, he he allows Russell Westbrook to not have to play as much defense because he takes on the number one defensive responsibility on a nightly basis. Let me continue to scroll on here, right? You got Doug McDermott, Taj Gibson, Norris Cole in the trade. So we're not even going to talk too crazy about them because they just got there. But if I'm looking at these rosters, to me, OKC has the two best big men. On a roster between the two teams, off the rip, Steven Adams and his character is better than any big man in, in Houston right now. Talent for talent. Because I want to say that one team has more talent than the other. Let's go to the guards. Victor Oladipo and, and, and Eric Gordon, you could say is a push. Push. I'll give the Rockets the benefit of the doubt. When it comes to Patrick Beverly, because he's a better defensive guard than anything that they have over there, but he's a one-dimensional player, just like Andre Robinson in terms of their role on perimeter defense. So once again, that's a push. Ryan Anderson, one-dimensional scorer. He cannot play any defense. He's a three-point shooter who doesn't do much. Sometimes he hits, sometimes he misses. How is it that y'all believe that the Rockets roster is better than OKC's roster? Where? The only difference is is that they play in a system that initiates team basketball. Hmm. This is why Charles Barkley, sometimes I agree, sometimes I disagree. He made a he made a nice point about if Russell Westbrook adjusted the way he approached the game, they'd have more wins. They would because he's not taking advantage of the talent that he actually has oh he has to do everything himself a lot of times just being on the floor when you're a player at Russell Westbrook stature is more than enough you don't have to take every shot you don't have to take 30% of the shots get all the assists and all the rebounds run some offense get out of the way let Victor Oladipo shine y'all, y'all didn't think of that though y'all have y'all convinced yourselves that these guys are scrubs and they can't play but in an actuality, and I take this a step further right now, if OKC's roster, if you switch rosters, you lead the superstars, and you switch rosters right now, you can make the argument that the Houston Rockets would be much closer to the to the San Antonio Spurs than they are as currently constituted. You can honestly make that argument because there's more talent there, there's more useful parts there. Ryan Anderson has never been... Known as anything besides a good three point shooter who can get hot. Trevor Ariza has been doing this, going down. Sam Decker has not lived up to expectations. Montrez Harrell has not lived up to expectations. Nanny Hilario hasn't been good since he was on Denver. So for y'all to make that argument, absolutely lazy. Lazy. Lazy, 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 lazy. The Rockets and the Thunder, at the very least, have similar amounts of talent beyond their superstars y'all take a look instead of just being lazy and letting ESPN tell you something different go on your computers go on your smartphones look up these rosters look up their productions look up their player efficiency ratings and you'll get all your answers lazy sports fans Westbrook has to do it by himself y'all just love Russell Westbrook y'all love stats that's why a lot of y'all love LeBron. Y'all love stats. Now, I don't want to look at the game. Y'all want to look at the numbers. It's cool. No shade. <laughs> a lot of shade there. All right, um, to the Lakers. I'm headed home from work on Friday. You know, another successful week in the books. I'm alive. I'm living the teller in my ear. <laughs> you know, and I get an alert to my phone. Genie Bus. Files restraining order on brothers Jim Bus and Johnny Bus. It was all good just a week ago. We got rid of Jim Bus. Got Magic Johnson in. We're feeling good about the Lakers' prospects. Paul George is intimating he might want to come let some wear purple. And then within an eight day or so stretch, Jim Buss and his big brother decide that they want to try to pull a coup that's the that's the trigger word that they use it. Trying to pull a coup and push Genie out as number one the Lakers governor because the Lakers have a weird setup. It's not like like Genie's the owner. She's the boss of the bosses within the Buss family in terms of running the Lakers. So they tried to push her out. Genie Buss got wind, filed a restraining order to stop the brothers from doing it. Yo, it's like Jim bus Jim Buss is like that virus. He's like herpes, man. Once you get herpes, there's no getting out of herpes. It's like once you get Jim bus <laughs> it ain't no getting out of Jim bus Like what you gotta do? Like what kind of what kind of antibiotics the Lakers organization has to take to get rid of this Jim bus virus? <laughs> you don't do the job. You sabotage the team in the process of not doing the job. Your sister, who is the governor, the boss of all bosses within the family, does what she needs to do because it's a family business. If the Lakers are not being successful on the court, it, it will over time affect the bottom line because they're not people who have other business ventures. The Lakers are their moneymaker. but only for so long the Lakers can be bad before it starts affecting the money. So she had to push the brother out, who's done nothing to show that he's capable of running his team post the death of his father, the late great Jerry Buss. So he had to go. So instead of, you know, retaining your ownership, you know, and getting out of the way and letting the Lakers be great, you decide that salty Jimmy. You decide that if I can't have the Lakers, she can't have the Lakers. We couldn't get we couldn't get Phil Jackson back because You didn't like the relationship between Phil and Jeannie, and you you didn't want Phil to get the credit for saving the team that you put together. You can't get that back. We couldn't get CP3 because you were too hasty after the lockout and you pulled off a bad trade. We couldn't get any free agents because you suck in meetings and you have no charisma, no pizzazz, you wear them dumbass caps, and you just look generally stupid. We couldn't get a meeting with KD because of the reasons I just listed. Now we get rid of you, and now in a a very important summer coming up where we at least have to look the part for the following summer, you create more drama, more unrest within the organization because you can't get the Lakers the way you want the Lakers. My man, go away! This Jim Buss herpy, it it, (laughs) it has got to go. Enough of Jim Buss. Jim Buss like this man won. Uh, listen, whatever you got to do is going to be a big legal battle coming up with the Bus family. It's going to be all over the entertainment news. This yo, know, I cannot wait. Forget the 30 for 30. I want FX, how they did The People versus O.J. Simpson. I want FX to do a series a a, a, a one season, 13 episode series about the down years of the Lakers starting with I'm going to say when, when Jerry Buss got too sick, they handle the day-to-day, all the way through to when they win their first championship post-RIP Jerry Buss. That, that's what I want. Because this, this is getting out of control now. This Jim Buss herpes has got to go. We got to get the antibiotics. We got to get a vaccine. We got to cleanse ourselves of Jim Buss. Last but not least, before I get out of here... I talked to you guys last not two weeks ago about how bad the All-Star game was, and I told you all before I even had any information on it, that if, if the All-Star game keeps going the way it's going, you're going to leave it in the hands of the commission to do something foolish, like put home court advantage on the line in the All-Star game, much like MLB did. Lo and behold, two weeks later, we, all of y'all have been following the sport. What y'all hearing? Adam Silver's thinking about making changes to the All-Star game. See what I'm saying, players? See what I'm saying, fans? And fans, y'all got to speak up now because if any way Adam Silver makes a ruling like that to where home court advantage will be decided in the All Star game, that makes the, the regular season important. These guys out here getting home court, trying to ball out to get home court in, in, in the ultimate series of all series, which is the NBA Finals. And an all-star game is going to decide that because a bunch of fools decided that they wanted to make a mockery of the game. I'm not saying you had to go hard, but y'all, couldn't, y'all, y'all made a mockery of the exhibition with the things that y'all were doing. Now look, a bunch of black guys playing playing sports, leaving it to the white guy to decide how things will be decided. Keep Come on, NBA. Um, be better. But ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, car Session Sports Report. Once again, as I've been saying to you guys, when you listen to it, share this out with your friends. Soon as soon as you put it on, share it out. Uh, spread the word. Look out for the YouTube channel. It's up there, but it's janky right now. I just got this show that I'm going to put up there, but I have separate content coming real soon. So once again, spread the word. Share it. Thank you all once again for making last week's episode the most viewed ever. We're going to keep trying to grow, keep trying to make it better. Until next time, peace.